Hello, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Tripping with Forrest. This episode is a guest spot that I did on the podcast Early Morning Thoughts with Mike Corlin. And we talk about everything from homesteading to psychedelics to mental health to just sort of my story. You guys can get to know me through this podcast. So I hope you guys enjoy it. And make sure to go check out his channel, which I'll link in the description. And also make sure to subscribe to the audio version of Tripping with Forest, as there are a lot of solo episodes and, ex- and audio exclusive episodes. So go check those out. And thanks everyone for watching and listening. You know, I want to live like a real life. I, I feel like a lot of what we experience um, and a lot of what is sold to us is simulation. I think about how much effort goes into canning tomato sauce, for instance. I have to grow these tomatoes, then I have to process them. If I don't have the machines to do it properly, it it takes even longer. And I took some LSD and I took it late at night. So I was still tripping in the morning and the light was coming up and we were walking around this island that we had just kind of got to as it started getting dark and didn't really explore. And I started just realizing how raw the nature was there. Hey everybody, I hope you guys are having a fantastic day. This is Early Morning Thoughts. I have an awesome guest on. His name is Forrest Stevens and um, we're going to have an awesome discussion today. So let's begin with um, you, Forrest. Uh, Can you give us a little background? Um, You know, tell us a a little bit about yourself. Sure. I mean, uh, yeah. Hey everybody, my name is Forrest. I'm a filmmaker uh, I've been doing YouTube primarily for a job for the last few years. Um, kind of big into like van life, alternative dwellings. Uh, always been interested in, you know, the meaning of life, I guess, to, to put it <laughs> generally. Um, and, and more so than that, just like finding a good life, finding, you know, the, the way I want to live in this world. And, and um in that realm i've been kind of exploring psychedelics exploring just different concepts of of how to um how to how to find who i am and then express that uh outwardly to the world and um by doing so improving my life and the lives of the lives of of people around me um and so, yeah, I don't know if that answers your question about who I am, but uh, yeah, I'm just uh, just somebody who's interested in in learning as well. You know, my my whole life um, philosophy, I suppose, is to continue growing um, and continue experimenting because that's how we grow. We we keep asking questions. We don't always have answers, but if we keep asking questions, we can keep learning. And for me, learning has been like the biggest thing in life. That's awesome. I've been, you know, uh, following along with your channel too. And I've noticed that there's a lot of things that you do. Um, and um, it, it's incredibly interesting to see the, uh, the methods that you have, the, thing, the content that you're, you know, um, creating, the ideas, the different things that you're involved in. Um, even the, uh, like the van life or, uh, the homesteading, a lot of that stuff was really, really fun and eye opening to me. Like that was for a period of time, 
uh, as I was going through a lot of my own experiences, I noticed, uh, you know, some the simplicity of certain things just felt a little more, um, I want to say comforting. And have you found that in like the lifestyle that you've chosen as you're asking these questions, as you're um, actually uh, experimenting, learning and living that life that, you know, you were saying, you know, trying to figure out how you want to live is, uh, have you, have you effectively, simplicity. yeah. Yeah. Simplicity. I mean, yeah, simplicity is, is super important. Um, and just for me, what it is, is it's about, you know, I want to live like a real life. I, I feel like a lot of what we experience, um, and a lot of what is sold to us is simulation. We, we eat food that tastes like something else because of flavoring. Um, and, and there's something beautiful about real substance of life, you know? Um, and so that, that comes down to, you know, how does that translate to my experience with van life? Um, well, it, it comes back to that simplicity as well. Like this, a simple life is easy to be, it's easy to turn a simple life into a real life. Whereas if your life is very complicated, if you have a lot, if you have too much going on, or if it's, if your world is too big, you're spread out too thin, it's very hard to even live in sort of this reality of life. And so I think for a lot of people and for myself included, van life was a sort of a, a, the first way to get out of that world of of simulation, in my opinion. Um, and, uh, so van life was the sort of the step away from that. And then now I'm doing homesteading and, and then combining that with, with occasional long, uh, long trips in the van. So homesteading once again is, is that simple life. Although, uh, it is, it's not, it's not, a simple life, in my opinion, doesn't mean a good life. A simple life can also mean a very difficult life. Like homesteading is very, you know, it's an incredible amount of work. I think about how much effort goes into canning tomato sauce, for instance. I have to grow these tomatoes, then I have to process them. If I don't have the machines to do it properly, it, it takes even longer. So, you know, there is really some value, um, in my opinion, to figuring out systems to make life a little more simple. And that's maybe what van life can be. And that's, it, you know, as I learn about homesteading, I start to realize how important these machines, these tools that we've developed are so that I can make my life more simple because then I have more time to do more, right? Um, we can't go back to, you know, processing with stone tools necessarily, but we, we can find a bit of a medium um, between the complexity of our current life and the simplicity of our ancestral life. And I think in there is ideas like homesteading, like van life, um, like, you know, other things that I've explored as well. I, I you know, I'd have to agree that um, through your experience, you probably uh, definitely saw that um, yes, there was a certain simplicity brought with uh, with these lifestyle choices, but then other other difficulties that arise, right? Totally. In, in the in lifestyle of uh, uh, let's say van life, as you go through it, you realize 
okay, there's certain things that have become simpler, um, but there's other things that are much more complicated and you kind of have to figure out things. The same would be said about the, the homesteading is um, the, the simplicity of the life, the, the, the meaning of every day is um, a, a little more significant because you're doing these things to uh, improve your like survival in, in this new environment, right? Definitely. But at the same time, um, you're, you're having to readjust. And so it's, it's, re it's really amazing. Um, and uh, like, I've thought about it for years myself. Uh, when we first met, I had told you, like, you're living the dream, man. Um, <laughs> it's, uh, yes, it's hard. But it, in a sense, it gives you, you know, it almost brings, I feel, a sense of more, more um, meaning to what you're doing uh, day to day, right? Because you're preparing your food, you're, uh, you're figuring out ways to to preserve them outside of the uh, outside of what we've been used to. That's very difficult to do when you're new to it, but uh, you'll only get better, obviously. And how many years have you been doing this so far? One. So one it's been year. one full year. It's been a. It's yeah, just been over a year, but it's also been. Uh, it's not necessarily just homesteading, right? Like I moved into my first home, and it's a farmhouse from 1929 so wow. a lot of this year was spent just renovating and fixing and updating and pumping a ton of cash and time and effort into the home itself too uh yeah. and then yeah i mean to come back to what you were talking about like the significance of uh your actions when you're when you're gardening and when you're doing these things that are close to nature that that homesteading entails like that's what i meant that's how sort of how I would define that realness that I was talking about versus the simulated world that we can also live in. Um, the, the connected to nature is, is what is important about living a real world. And so when we grow our own food and we, we see it go from a seed all the way into a giant plant and then into fruit or vegetables or whatever, medicine, uh, herbs, you know, and when we harvest that and we process that and we're connected, we're part of the entire process. And then we eat this. It's, it's an incredible feeling. It's an incredible feeling to be so connected to what gives us a life, which is we, we live a, an insanely symbiotic relationship with everything around us. Like the, the plants only grow properly because of the microorganisms in the soil. And it's like, so we're actually connected to little just bacteria and microorganisms. And those are so important and vital to our life. And we would never think about that unless we're in the garden thinking about, okay, how can I make this soil richer? How can I make it more alive so that it will help my plants and make my life easier? So I don't, won't be fighting pests that also want to eat it because it's not as strong as it could be, right? So there's all these little things that we start thinking about and we start realizing how connected we are to the world and how easy it is to forget that as well in in just like sort of a normal traditional society uh, it's very easy to forget how connected we are to the world around us and the nature around us specifically it's a it's definitely a a huge disconnect from modern world to uh to homesteading and um this is uh it's funny uh 
as I've uh, like, I've been looking for homes and I can't, nothing I do is, uh, is making it possible for me to, to afford a, a loan. Mm-hmm. Lenders just don't want a loan, you know? Um, mm-hmm. And, uh, but everybody that I've spoken to in areas that I want to move to, they're like, yeah, it's not an easy life up here. If we're talking about mountain life or um, this, uh, it's, uh, it's totally different and you'll have to readjust. And uh, they, a lot of them joke, they say, yeah, most of you city folk want to come out here. And then you, if you do pull it off, you find out how difficult it actually is. And um, few actually uh, overtime last. Most yeah. people most people head back uh, to the city. And uh, there's conveniences to that, of course. But I guess it just depends on where you are in your mind and in your life and the acceptance of uh, the, the transition and how hard it will be. It, Sounds like, you know, you were ready for this and, uh, you know, what, what would you say prompted the, uh, the change, the switch over? Um, would you attribute it to your, um, psychedelic trips or uh, have yeah. some kind of significance? Yeah, I would. Um, I do want to say one thing about a point that you made, how, you know, some people won't last in whatever change of lifestyle they, they attempt to do. I think, um, there's this big thing in van life, especially where a lot of people will undercut other people's experience because they say, oh, you only did this for a couple months. You only did this for this. You know, it's van life, right? It's a lifestyle change. You have to do this, you know, talk to me in five years when you're down the road. There's no, to me, it's about the experience itself. Did, did that person experience something for however amount of time that they now brought back to their other world, whether it's back in the city, whatever, whatever it is, did that change them in any way? Um, it was that a step in a positive direction? I mean, that's what's important to me. Um, and I think anybody can make some changes and, and do some things and, and it doesn't have to be a huge lifestyle change. You know, people can do small things that end up kind of being that snowball effect where it grows bigger and bigger. Um, but as far as, yeah, as far as like what prompted me to make these changes, um, I was a, I was a cannabis user since I was probably like, I don't know, I first tried cannabis when I was 13 or something and didn't really fall in love with it. Um, but I started using it more when I was a teenager, uh, like 16, 17. And then I fell out of it because of, um, uh, anxiety that it produced. And I hadn't experimented with any other sort of mind altering substances, um, until I was 19 when I tried, uh, LSD for the first time and where it was, was, uh, we, we took this boat off to this remote Island where there wasn't any official, official inhabitants. Um, and we had like a giant rave. These people organized a, a winter solstice rave and I took some LSD and I took it late at night. So I was still tripping in the morning and the light was coming up and we were walking around this Island that we had just kind of got to as it started getting dark and didn't really explore. And I started just realizing how raw the nature was there and how we could run and play and just feel like we were our ancestral selves, you know, um, just our animal selves, you know, we could be our animal selves. And we were, you know, I was observing the, the barnacles on rocks and just being mesmerized and just amazed at how 
significant the tide leaving was for these barnacles and how the water I could hear the water draining out of them and how it held that and how there was things in that water that they were eating and just just realizing all these amazing things and we walked around a bend and I saw a squatter's cabin and they had a dock and a boat and this person lived here and and I was like this person gets to live this connected to nature and this remotely and and just allowed to be themselves in nature and i was like this is how i want to live i want to figure out how i can live so that i can be my true authentic self and 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 so i didn't know what that meant really you know i just realized like oh this is what i want to work towards so it was produced from a psychedelic experience my idea of kind of getting back to the land and then later on through uh woofing which is um worldwide organic or something like that it's it's a website that you can uh put your if you have a farm or a homestead or something you can put it on there and allow people to come visit and they can stay and then help you um they work for you and you feed them and house them so i did that for a little wow. bit and i i recognized how how this woman was living and she was living in a, a farmhouse she was growing her own food um growing her own uh, flowers and, and herbs and medicine and knew all these interesting things and was building an aquaponic greenhouse. And I had kind of gotten interest in aquaponics in that time. And aquaponics is the, the idea of, of raising fish and, and using the fish waste in a, in a water solution to grow plants like you would hydroponically. So it's the combination of aquaculture, which is raising fish and hydroponics. So we've got uh, aquaponics and, uh, to me, that symbioticness of, of the system um, just made so much sense. Um, and I started realizing that there was this whole philosophy, which is kind of which is called permaculture, which is the science of looking at how natural systems work and how we can implement them into the way we build culture, the way we uh, build our food system, our houses, our the way we impact the world, essentially. And uh, from my experience woofing and from starting to read about permaculture and, and talk to people about it and learn about it, I was like, I want to, uh, I want to get some raw land and turn it into a permaculture food forest that is abundant and can give back to the world. Um, you know, and I started learning about, you know, the degradation of, topsoil and essentially you know food deserts and real deserts that are expanding and water shortages and how permaculture can actually re-green deserts and i was like okay this is an amazing technology that i would love to be a part of building because it is a science so that means you ask a question or you form a hypothesis and you run some experiments and you see if it works and if it does, you add that to the wealth of information and you share that. And so that's where my videos come along as well is the idea of experimenting and showcasing and sharing. Um, and so all of this kind of came together in the idea of a homestead. And, and so, you know, we ended up buying something with a house because being young, being uh, not super financially, uh, you know, tons of money or anything we had to get lenders and lenders don't lend on raw property uh, very much at all. So 
you know, this is our first home. And from here, we can use this as a stepping stone to um, further our experimentation with these ideas. And it also, you know, it has an acre of, of raw land that somebody was just using as pretty much like lawn. Um, so I can slowly turn this into something uh, sustainable. And so that's the idea here is to, is to use what we have to make something uh, bigger and better. It sounds wonderful, man. I mean, uh, just from start to finish, and the science does sound incredible. Um, and even the uh, even the approach, the uh, the desire, the the grand experiment, it's so worthwhile. So much meaning behind it, and um, I can only imagine the impact it'll have when you know when you have gotten to the point where it's fully sustainable. Will you join that same community, the the woofing community, at some point, and allow others to come and experience it too? like kind of an Airbnb? Yeah, I think uh, there's a lot of different uh, renditions of what we're doing here. Uh, it's hard to see how it'll play out in its final form or in its many different forms that it will have. Um, next year, we're going to simply just put our motorhome that we were living in before the, the homestead um, on Airbnb. Wow. So that'll be you know, a, an income source for us because that's really important in these stages. Yeah. Um, but also potentially an experience for uh, the paying, you know, a visitor. But um, eventually, you know, roll that money into more improvements and maybe building small uh, dwellings on the property as well so that we have more options to have people like, for instance, woofing who can just come here. And, you know, the beauty of something like woofing is they're going to be, uh, generally a very interesting person you know somebody from some place in the world that's traveling and uh is interested in the world and, and and possibly an interesting person so i like that idea of being able to just meet people um so that will definitely be in you know that's definitely in my in my thoughts um how it plays out will be we'll see you know the future is never guaranteed so it's it's an idea but i would yeah. love to do that and and if it ends up working out or i can make that work out that would be a cool experience i think for sure i think you will man i mean you've made it this far and um how hard has this year been for you um in some ways it's been very challenging because the responsibilities are like none nothing i've ever had before you know having a mortgage um and then uh also the challenges of being so remote you know I, I used to be able to do my work much easier which is filming and meeting with people who live in vans and tiny houses i, I lived on pretty much the optimum spot in canada that you could live for that uh <coughs> for that type of activity um you know the warmest place in canada so there's always van dwellers here is it's pretty remote where i live now and uh so I've probably met with a quarter of the amount of people that I would have um, before. So, you know, it, it's hard. It's hard because my business is suffering. And, and right. because of that, the income is suffering, which also is a struggle because it takes so, so much um, capital to build the systems that I want to build. But I have to be very conscious and very aware of my spending. So until we get all of that figured out, I think that will, that will definitely alleviate some problems. And, you know, a lot of people think that money will alleviate their problems. And in my case, that definitely is part of the problem. That is definitely a problem. So 
I hope to alleviate that soon. And we have tons of plans and tons of work and tons of stuff that I'm doing to do that. Um, but it takes changing and it takes adapting. And so that, that has been a challenge is how do I adapt this? How does this, how does my business shift and change in the, in a COVID moment, in the, in the more remote moment, you know, how does this work? Um, so that's been a challenge. Um, the physical work that it entails to do all these things has been a challenge, but it has been also very good and rewarding because I can, I can incorporate that into my work. So the, the vlogs that I'm filming, uh, that like, I couldn't imagine homesteading and doing what I'm doing now, if I was working a normal job, nine to five, five days a week, right? I don't see how I would have enough time, but because I can film videos about DIY renovations, I can, I can think about that as some type of work and, and, uh, you know, that encourages me to do it. And then it also incentivizes me financially to do it and all of that. So that that's working out well. Um, the other thing is I would say is a lot of it has, uh, been a lot less challenging than my previous life. You know, van life has its challenges of, of housing insecurity, of always being transient, of having somebody tell you to leave this property. Right. You can't um, park here. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And, and always having that, that work to do at the end of the day or some part in the day of asking yourself, where are we going to sleep? Okay. Let's figure that out. Um, so that, that is super challenging and to ha not have that challenge was one of the most relieving things. And it, the, and prior to that too, you know, I, I, I really feel like I've feel like I have been homeless almost my like my entire adult life until this moment because renting uh was always so so insecure in that way too you know i never stayed at a place for longer than a year um the houses and the different places we lived in were just terrible pretty much uh different situations that just weren't great and so finally getting our own place um it was just like the most amazing thing ever. It was just total, like we could totally decompress. We could, uh, you know, get back to a real base level of who we are and really rebuild. And yeah. so because of this space that we now have physically and emotionally, uh, it has been easily the most transformative last year of, of, or past year of my life. Um, you know, it, it allowed us to, start a daily yoga practice that we do every day for an hour and how would we be able to do that in the van in in canada you know it's too cold half the year and the other half is like we really have to conscious we really have to make a real big effort to find the place to do it and all that you know right. we just throw our mats down in the living room and go so um and and with that you know that yoga practice that i've done has led to uh just countless insights into um into my life and uh lots of healing moments and for that i am so grateful and so even with all of the challenges that i've we've had uh which have been plenty and continue to be plenty um those challenges are good you know they're good because they they give us something to do they give us something very meaningful to do um there's lots we can do in this world that isn't meaningful, but it's really nice when we have stuff that we have to do that also ends up being meaningful. 
I mean, all of it is, uh, in a sense, um, I'm really, I'm really genuinely, sincerely happy that you guys have, have found a place to settle down and can begin exploring all these things that uh, you've been wanting to for so long. And um, it sounds great. Uh, and the challenges are, though, they'll be difficult at times um, to overcome, like they're making, they're making you guys better people too, considering how many 100%. challenges you've, yeah considering how many challenges you guys have been through already in your lives. And this is, this goes for all of humanity. Um, each one that we overcome makes us better, makes us stronger and, um, and continuously pushing that envelope um, just does the same exact thing. And uh, you, you know, doing what you're doing, I think um, not, not only is it, I want to say courageous, because there's so much unknown and it's only been a year, right? Mm -hmm. uh, but it's, it's also giving you the ability to try so many things, right? You've been wanting to do all these things. And then you have this grand plan of uh, other things you want to do as well. And the land makes it possible. Um, I was watching one of your other videos. Uh, I think it was yesterday where um, you had these... Um, these things that you were growing that you add water to. Um, can, can you sh share a little bit about that? Uh, I, I know we've talked about it before we started. So uh, what were some of those things? Sure. Yeah, those are actually, those are great. Uh, this is a great topic for anybody who's like, just wants to dip their toes into something. Um, these are some mushroom grow kits that, uh, that I've been using and growing. Um, I've been growing oyster mushrooms, shiitake mushrooms, and lion's mane. And so each of those have their different properties. Um, they're all delicious for one, just choice edible mushrooms. And these kits make them extremely easy to grow. So I've been, I've been documenting what it's like to, to grow a simple uh, mushroom kit like this. And all it takes is cutting open the bag and misting it with water every day. And you end up with, uh, yeah, just mushrooms growing just grows. In, your, in your house. It's yeah. It's simple it's, as that. As simple as that. And yeah, we were talked about it earlier, but lion's mane is highly medicinal. Um, it, it tastes a little like lobster, but it also uh, affects your mind in a way where it, it's, it supposedly creates new neural pathways and increases your memory. Um, so that's pretty amazing. I think shiitakes are also uh, slightly medicinal in some ways too. And they're also just my favorite tasting out of the three. They're so good. <laughs> and uh yeah just just it's been a fun experience and uh, i've actually gotten a lot of interest of people being like what i didn't know you could do this like so yeah that's pretty cool that's what i said too i mean i'm like what is he doing right here <laughs> what is this yeah. you know so like as i kept on watching um and uh you know you, you had taken the um it looked like it looked like a condensed soil with uh with roots and you just uh, threw it into a pot with water and then you put something to um weigh it uh, like push it down and hold it under the water i mean uh it's fascinating stuff and this is exactly like the connection that um that you were speaking about is uh connecting with your food connecting with your land uh, many of us in the city don't have that uh that opportunity uh yes we can somewhat garden mm -hmm. um and uh and that kind of brings us a little bit closer uh, this is the whole next level. Um, you've you've had all these experiences, and um, you know I want to touch up on, uh, let's say psilocybin. So you did LSD at 2019. Um, 
at what point did you discover shrooms? Oh, I, I did LSD when I was 19. So that right. was, uh, 2013, I think. Okay. Or 2012 or something like that. Um, anyway, um, what, what, what point did I do mushrooms? Well, I, uh, when did you discover them? Yeah. Like, and then continue to use them or. Sure. Yeah. Um, they've been, uh, I've, I've had different people give me them at different times in my life. Um, again, when I was 19 or maybe 20 at this point, it was after LSD, but not too long after, um, some friend gave me a big thing of chocolate that he had infused with, with mushrooms. And I just started experimenting with small to moderate doses. And I found that it was very tough for me at that time because it, I think what it was, was I, I was doing just kind of this, this dose that, that made me kind of more emotional, but didn't really give me like, it wasn't enough to give me any insight into it, or I didn't follow down that road long enough to be like, okay, what is behind this emotion? And, you know, just being a young man at the time, I was just like, oh, I don't want to just feel sad from doing this. Right. Right. And that's kind of what it was triggering for me. I did have some, some fun, more fun experiences, but, uh, you know, like going for hikes with a bunch of friends and we did, we did, I did some of the mushrooms, but then they were also very intense because I became so aware of everybody else's sort of, um, behaviors coming up, you know, like just how one guy was just repeating like, Oh, I know how to light a fire. I'm, I'm really good at lighting a fire. Like I'm a fire <laughs> guy, you know? And he, he would just keep saying that like at different moments. And I was like, I was like, well, what is this? Like, it's some insecurity that's coming up or something that he wants to share. And it's like, I just can't handle what's going on here. And so it made me sort of more aware of, of what was happening. Um, and then, and then later on, uh, you know, I, my friend and I got some mushrooms and it was just me and him and we did it more intentionally. We went to this beach that was very remote, very secluded. And we took these mushrooms after lighting a fire and we sort of did it a little bit more with intention. Like let's experience this land out here. And, um, this was on the West coast of, of Vancouver Island. And there's these massive giant trees there that are huge. Like, so anyway, there was one that all of its roots had kind of, grown above the land and um there was actually a hole in the middle of the tree that you could go inside of and you were encased by this entire tree oh. and so there was this massive storm happening and it was raining and we were completely unprepared and sort of starting to be like okay i don't know if we can even handle being out here then we found this tree with the hole in it and we went inside and we it was just amazing. It was like being in a sound booth because you're surrounded by this wood. So everything was just dead silent. And there was this storm raging outside. We couldn't hear any of it. We could wow. hear our own hearts beating almost. And, and then that's sort of like, we're, we're starting to sort of peak. And then I was like, I'm just going to go check out outside. And I popped out uh, outside of the tree and it was like, the green of the forest was just alive because of the rain and because of the, the visual aspect of, of psilocybin. And I just felt like, oh, this is what a mushroom feels like, a mushroom fruiting body. It's like in a tree, like it's mycelium's in the tree or it's in the ground and it pops up during this <laughs> rainstorm. And I was like, I was like popping out of this tree and I was like, whoa, just like blown away by the, the magic of it all. 
probably so and beautiful, right? And just, just incredible. The the smells from the from just the rain, and then like you said, the the colors of all the green, and and then of course the sounds, the, the rain dripping, and um, well, especially from going from no sound, almost no sound at all, to the torrential downpour. It was just like it was overwhelming my senses. I, every single one of my senses was completely overwhelmed. Um, wow, very amazing, very very much made me aware of once again just sort of connecting with nature and I, and for me that's what that's one of the things that psilocybin always does is it makes me fascinated at, about different aspects of nature it makes me just appreciate how a flower works or how seeds work or how a plant grows and how this plant is different than this one because it thrives in this environment and i start you know thinking about all these things and to me, that stuff's fascinating. So that's, that's one of the, those are my earlier sort of experiences with mushrooms, but more recently, um, I've been microdosing. I stopped now, um, just because I'm, uh, uh, running low, but, um, I, uh, did some microdosing for a more extended period of time and found a huge amount of benefit from it. Um, and I think finding the right dose is important with your microdose and, and, you know, not building the tolerance and all that. And I, I got that pretty dialed in and came to some, some real understanding of how helpful they can be and what, what it was for me. And I have a video talking about this, but I became less combative within myself. So there's always sort of, you know, the ego mind or sort of the untethered thoughts that we have that sort of. Uh, if, in my mind, at least they always end up blaming me. They, they blame my past for where I am today. You know, if I had done this differently, then I wouldn't have to be doing this now. I should have cleaned up after myself, whatever it is. I start, it's, it's a negativity train on myself. And, and, uh, usually it's, you know, for me, it's like, um, it's just like a part of me. And, and I, as much as it is anybody else, it's anxiety pretty much. Right. And, and so what I found with microdosing magic mushrooms was not an insight that made me realize this because I was already aware of it, but it just stopped happening as much. Like it just alleviated my, my anxiety. There wasn't that combative part of me fighting myself. I was on the same team. What I realized when, when I was doing this microdosing was I would I would think, oh, I should have done this. And then that other part of me that said, oh yeah, you should have it instead when I was microdosing, it would say, that's okay. That's fine. You know, you did your best at the time and we can continue trying to do our best. And it was just a very simple shift, but it wasn't, it's not explainable in the sense of, it, it wasn't even like, it's a, it's the part of you that reacts to something. And so my reaction had changed from a negative thing to a positive thing. And we can't really control our reactions. We can control um, how we react to re our reactions to a degree, but our reactions are almost, uh, they're deeper than that. They need to be sort of unwound and recreated and, you know, we need to retrain ourselves. And what I found with the psilocybin was it was doing that, but it wasn't an, it wasn't me actively having to do that. It wasn't therapy. It wasn't, um, it wasn't insights. It wasn't, uh, wasn't anything like that. It was just sort of happening on its own, which I found quite fascinating actually. Yeah. And I want to continue exploring that because 
that to me is so amazing and and it had a a lasting effect to a degree um but you know like life's pollutants sort of have a way of getting back in there right they do and yeah they do and yeah and if we if we think about it right if we think about like the fact that i have anxiety and i could take a you know anti-anxiety medication which is an ssri which is an antidepressant which affects the same receptors in your brain that psilocybin affects except you have to take that every single day and it only lasts for a day really and you build it up in your system and all that but theoretically like kind of really it only lasts for a day and with psilocybin it can last those effects can last for months and it's like sometimes i've heard people sort of discredit um psilocybin for for like you know sort of like the fade off of the experience and it's like yeah but we take drugs we take substances like you know pharmaceuticals they last for a day it's like that that's no time at all at least it lasts for a month or a week or whatever you know so right. to me these are powerful powerful healing agents that um need to be explored more and the anecdotal evidence of all these individuals that are finding success with it is should be plenty of of a sign for there to be more research on it and and i, I think that it is actually i think there is a lot more going into this um yeah it is yeah. and yeah i mean um the 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 outlook or just the perception has changed greatly and your experience is very unique i mean um these things were happening to you and they weren't necessarily as you described it as insights or anything but uh they were naturally occurring um and the uh, the research is showing that uh, for those going through clinical trials of psilocybin therapy um it is lasting you know weeks mm -hmm. and months at times and uh i think researchers are fascinated by uh by that specifically <coughs> um I don't know what they're attributing it to exactly. Like why, why does it have such a, uh, a longer life uh, mm. within, uh, within a person's uh, experience, but uh, we'll find out probably at some point, um, you know, between, uh, between all of these psychedelics, have, have you tried anything else? Are those are the two primaries? Were there anything else that you have tried that you can say you have learned something about yourself mm. or about your, your connections with nature? that's um those are it you know lsd and and mushrooms are the big ones for me that i've tried and um even with mushrooms i've done the biggest dose i've ever done is two grams so i would say a moderate dose never a heroic dose or anything like this uh with lsd the most i've done is one tab and lsd is a bit tricky because it's different strength and variety and chemical makeup uh, depending on where you get it. Um, uh, and like, of course you can test it and all that, but I, I never have done that. I, my, my experience with psychedelics is really quite limited for the amount of interest that I have in it, considering, you know, I have a podcast called tripping where <laughs> I've had you on talk about DMT, but, um, this is, this is something I'm interested in. You know, I'm interested in learning more about different substances and seeing, where they can take you and what you can learn from them. Um, but I'm also interested in just different experiences in life. Like one of the most profound experiences of my life was during van life when I felt like I was on LSD for 
two days straight because of the thrill of travel and the experience of of just being connected and out there i was completely dead sober but it felt identical to maybe half a tab of acid or something like that just elated energetic connected myself you know and so it's like for me like that's where i want to live i don't necessarily need to other dimensions with otherworldly beings um as much as that might be interesting or an experience to seek um i don't find myself really seeking experiences too much for the thrill of themselves um it's more of what can i learn from them and you know even with the the yoga that i'm doing it's very targeted toward you know the each day of yoga that i do elicits a certain experience from it um especially if you can really connect with it and really kind of understand what is what you're experiencing and one of them deals with you know death and, and sort of the idea that we're all connected and that there's a beyond this physical realm and you know at the end of that that one of the sessions and i've only had it happen once uh, at one of these sessions i felt absolutely compute complete and utter bliss and i was you know outside of my body and to me this was the feeling of what it felt like to sort of be enlightened in a sense and and as soon as i thought about it it brought me down from that into my into my mind into my like you know into into my sort of awareness and i didn't i didn't say oh where how can i get back to that that was that felt so good it felt so pleasurable to just be in bliss to just feel absolutely connected at peace completely like that i just said oh okay well i experienced that then and that was amazing but now i'm experiencing this and so for me um psychedelics uh any of these experiences it's not about necessarily chasing the experience it's about um having the experience enjoying it for what it is and continuing to experience and living in the moment right that's what we're all that's what we're all wanting to do is to live in the moment a little bit more and uh yeah these substances can make you aware of what the moment can be and that's what they've done for me is they've they've taken me in that elevator ride in their in their 6 or 12 hour session uh with LSD the last 12 hours took me to this high that I I had never experienced prior to that and I realized, oh, this is the way I could live. And now I've just been trying to get there in, in a concrete step-by-step -step way so that it can be lasting. It can be long-lasting. I can live a good life. And so it showed me yeah. what a good life was. But I know that I can't just keep trying to get back there because of the... I need to get, I need to get there naturally. I need to get there in combination with these things. Uh, because you know these are just chemicals the chemicals are natural in our in our existence as well, as well and it, they can help us get there for any amount of time that's more time than we would get there without them possibly um so with that yeah i'm just experimenting with what can get me to uh that level and what can sustain me there and what improves my life when i'm not high as well you know um you know yoga for instance it's like there is nothing but improvement that that's happening when you do yoga you're improving physically you're improving mentally you're improving spiritually and so to me there's no downside of something like that
whereas possibly with other substances there might be downsides or limitations uh, there's limitations on everything so for me it's it's always about finding a combination and finding something that sort of works with my life as opposed to like there really isn't one way to go you know what i mean I mean, it's all a learning experience and it's great that you have that outlook of, um, you know, I'm, I'm testing these things out and they're showing me uh, what I need to see uh, in a sense. And um, just like your your experience at 19 on LSD and, and uh, on that island and experiencing it for the first time and realizing like, how do I, you know, how do I get here? Um, that's kind of the point of these uh, substances is uh, discovering exactly what can, you know, like, where do you want to be? Um, what, what gives you that, um, that overall uh, feeling of happiness and, uh, and, uh, and uh, fulfillment, like understanding it and then working your way there step-by-step step, much like you have uh, it's in a lot of ways, you know, I've um, I've experienced it in in some similarities myself. Mm -hmm. Just learning about the experience, learning about myself, learning um, like where do I want to be? How am I going to get there? It's not through the use of these substances. These were just the tools to kind of identify like what what does it mean? Who am I exactly? Uh, and of course, the more important question, who do I want to be uh, for the future, right? Uh, you and I are both young and have another 50 years of life. What, what are those 50 years going to look like? We have an opportunity because we have identified exactly some of, the, some of these aspects to, um, to shape those 50 years. Um, and you're, or, you know, you're already in the midst of it. I'm, I'm so very happy for you because though it's challenging, um, you're living it, man. You're doing these difficult things. And uh, as they progress, uh, the impact it'll have on, you know, the positive impact it'll have on your life, as well as others, right? At, at some point, the, the, the woofing community, the, the Airbnb experiences, the, uh, the ability to kind of bring people into this lifestyle that uh, they might be curious about, and you can uh, expose them for the first time just, uh, and this is without substances. This is just the experience of trying something new. Um, it's fascinating. And I mean, ultimately, you know, you've gained a lot. Um, you know, I imagine you, you've grown from all of this too, right? I mean, uh, you, you've reached substantial amounts of growth that you can do what you're doing now. Would, do you think you would have been able to achieve even half of what you have um, at the age of 19, back when you kind of first discovered all this? Like, uh, would I be able to live the life that I'm living now if I was thrown into it when I was 19? Yeah. Um, I don't think so. You know, I think my immaturity was, you know, I, I think the only way we get to where we are right now is by living the life we have lived. Um, I think, uh, I think, I think even the, the, the fact that I couldn't handle the negative emotions that the the psilocybin uh gave to me that that first time with the chocolate and it and for me it was like oh mushrooms are challenging mushrooms aren't really for me i preferred lsd um just that 
fact alone, that, that mindset, uh, there were lots of limiting mindsets that I had for myself that, um, where I thought I knew something, uh, and I think that wouldn't have, <laughs> I think I just simply would have been too immature to handle my life that I'm currently living. Um, I can be more realistic. I have more life experience. There's a lot to be said about life experience and, and, uh, I have barely experienced life as well. You know, I'm, I'm only 20, I don't know how old I am, 27 or 28. I can't do quick math right now, but don't worry. It happens to all of us. I stopped counting after 30 altogether. I'm just, I'm my yeah. birthday, you know, my birthday comes around every year. I'm like, I don't know. I'm 34 exactly. now. I think, <laughs> you know, I think I am, you know, but, uh, yeah. it's, it's not as important as, uh, just, uh, continuing to gain a lot of these experiences, but, uh, that's, that's kind of what, you know, what I sense though, from, uh, uh, speaking to you is like, you've grown so much since then that, yeah. uh, you're, you're able to do a lot of these things a little bit easier and, uh, overcome your challenges. And, uh, the, the first hurdle was even kind of identifying that, Hey, this is, I, I believe this is the lifestyle for me. Um, and then, kind of building around it. Like you mentioned, there are these ideas for uh, business models and things. I mean, yeah, like money isn't the answer to everything, right? But it, uh, it is a, it is an, it's a factor or a variable that can help you achieve much of everything else. Um, but well, it's, a, so, it's a tool and a technology that we all yeah. use. It's just a medium of exchange. And and that means that it itself holds energy because if we can use money to get somebody else to expend energy or to have a factory create something that's using energy. So it itself is the form of exchange for energy. Um, and it is a stored value of energy. Right. That's and it's very technology is and very useful, and especially extremely. In uh, especially in like where you are now and and you realize just the importance of it so that you can further your goals. I, um, I relate it to, let's say, um, you know, uh, maybe he's not the best example, but let's say Elon Musk. Uh, the reason why I use him as an example is that uh, a man worth billions of dollars can do virtually anything, maybe seek a, a, a lifestyle of uh, constant pleasure, right? But instead, mm -hmm. that energy the monetary energy is expelled on um, pushing the boundaries of what is technologically uh, possible today. Um, and that's a kind of in a similar sense, I see like you're trying to do something like that is that your, your desire to use that energy to further this thing that you're doing this lifestyle that you're building, not just for yourself, but like the, the further impact it can have over time on, uh, you know, your, your neighborhood that you're in now, if it, even if it's small, and then obviously the, the community around it, and then possibly the world too. Uh, it's, uh, it's amazing. That's, that's the way, you know, energy of this type should be used. Um, it's tough because we are a pleasure seeking species, but you know, you, you have a higher calling, you have sensed that, mm -hmm. and that's what you're chasing. And that's really, it's a beautiful thing. That's you're getting a lot more meaning out of life too, because of it. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you're right. We are pleasure seeking beings, but I think there's a part of us that is also a creative being because we have the 
we have awareness that we're alive and that we can create and uh, we have the ability to create compared to other species you know other species don't necessarily have the ability to be as creative as we do um, so it is kind of our responsibility as individuals to think about what that means and and to me that is what it means to f have a fulfilled life is to constantly be creating and um yeah you know it's it's much better in this world to create and and we have the ability to create positive change um you know you use elon as as an example because uh, it appears that he's trying to create positive change in certain realms and there's tons of rich people or there's tons of people with certain abilities or whatever to create positive change, but instead they uh, might seek pleasure or they might have the other things limiting their ability to even understand that or, or whatever. You know. All right. I mean, they, different. they, they might, uh, some of them seek more accumulation, you know, yeah. more, more dominance over, over you know whatever they're trying to do and and that could be a fear-based thing that could be a, a a trauma they have that they're afraid that they're going to lose it or that they need to spread it you know give it to their kids or whatever you know like yeah, pre yeah preservation of the wealth and, yeah limiting yeah. beliefs it's limiting beliefs that that hold can, people back i can understand that i mean you know my background is uh is business and it's uh there's that constant fear of like losing what you have uh earned over such a long period of time of dedication. Um, Definitely. The, the, the fear of like not being able to uh, be sustainable. Um, yeah. And then the fear of, um, uh, of course, uh, change, you know, mm -hmm. like um, in the world of business change is uh, inevitable, but uh, I think like what you have been able to accomplish in your time is, uh, is more aligned with, kind of where I'm at in my life too, is just building, building around something or a model around something that uh, is meaningful to me versus like what I've, you know, done in the past, which is, let's say just right. commerce, right? I mean, these days, the last 10 years, I've spent most of my, um, my time in like alternative healing world, uh, they're plant-based solutions. Um, you may have heard of, nice. you may have heard of Kratom. It's probably pretty big yeah. in Canada too. And I mean, I discovered in 2012, it was still pretty underground back then, you know, and mm -hmm. uh, I saw its properties like that was that had, you know, plenty of meaning it, uh, it, mm -hmm. it helped people, it still helps people today. And though it's under fire, and it's constantly being attacked by all agencies, uh, all respective agencies, it's, uh, it's still, um, it's still pretty amazing. But, you know, as I continue to grow, and as I have these awesome conversations with you and others, it's uh, uh, building something that uh, has that positive impact and then kind of building around it and continuing to grow. It's uh, much more important, much more meaningful. We, you know, we have to, uh, we have to continue pushing forward. And, uh, you know, I've said this in my podcast, it's, you know, the, uh, the, uh, the end of the, the road of where we're all trying to go um, may look a little different for each of us, but it's not, um, it's not the end result. It's the journey there. Uh, and that may be hard for, and it may be difficult for some people to kind of 
comprehend what I mean. Like, but since I've done it for so long, I realize, you know, me getting to a billion dollar business and actually getting there and having it sustainable isn't, isn't the, um, isn't the importance. It's everything in between the, the journey leading all the way up to it and the, the impacts, the, the positive work, uh, the changing of lives, uh, for the better. That's, uh, that's what I sense for me through all of my experiences. And then of course, um, my micro dosing, my macro dosing, just, uh, getting, getting more familiar with like who I am, what I actually want, you know, versus just the, the fixation of like, well, I need to be here. Well, you know, how is that, you know, how is that helpful to anybody? Just like, well, I want to get here. And that's all I can think about. It's, um, it doesn't really, it doesn't serve people that well to, to think that way. Um, uh, on a macro scale, it's more so just everything in between. And that's what I see like that you've been doing over these years is like step-by-step step, you're acquiring the things you need to beginning to build on it. It's really amazing. It's inspiring it is probably the word that I'm seeking. Um, do you, anything else you want viewers to know or, or uh, to understand about like the things that we've talked about and towards the end, just um, plug in your, your channel so that uh, people can find you. I'll link it down below too. Um, I've learned a great deal from your experiences today and I'm, I'm really, really appreciative. Thanks, Mike. Yeah, I, I appreciate that a lot. Um, I, I, yeah, what you say really resonates with me as well. And, and um, I think being inspiring or trying to inspire is, is really underrated. I think that, you know, everybody talks about influence and how can I influence and this and that, but underneath that is how, how do I inspire and how do I, ins I don't want to influence somebody to be like me. I want to inspire them to be themselves. And, uh, I think, I think it's, um, I think we all need more hope in, in our life and we all need to not have fantasies that are unattainable, especially with our current effort or whatever, but we need to have goals and we need to work towards them and we need to continue to grow and we need to have the courage to grow. That's the big thing, right? Is it takes a lot of courage to make changes and to work through fear. You know, the, the only way we can work through fear ultimately is courage, you, you know, whether it's the courage to act or the courage to think or the courage to do or to say, um, that's how we change. And that's how we, uh, work through our fear. And we all have fear that we've all, that we have through our DNA, through our upbringing, all that we all have to conquer our fears. And by doing so, we can be ourselves more. And by being ourselves, we can help the world around us and be in service to uh, everyone around us by being ourselves, whatever that means. Um, and as far as if anybody wants to uh, check out my stuff, they can do so on my YouTube channel. It's my name, which is Forrest Stevens. Mike, uh, you said you'd put it in the link in the description. And my podcast, um, I have one podcast called Tripping. And I think I'm going to combine that with my other podcast, which is what I learned from. But uh, you guys can find that through the link. Just, yeah, click the link. You'll, you'll see it. <laughs> yeah, click the link. Support Forrest. He does amazing stuff. Um, I'd say far more interesting than, uh, than what I do. You'll learn a lot. I, um, I certainly have by watching his content. It's, uh, 
uh, truly inspiring. And, um, and as I said, when we first met, I'm like, you're living the dream, man. That's everything, <laughs> every, you know, all of my experiences through uh, the mushrooms led me to, to that conclusion that like, you know, this, uh, as, as much as I've learned about myself, it also showed me like, where do I, you know, where do I want to be? How do I want mm -hmm. those next 50 years to look like? And it's uh, very much uh, uh, in tune with what you're currently doing is finding a place that um, nurtures the, uh, the desire to connect with the land, to, to grow food and connect with the food. I mean, it's, it's alive. The soil is alive. The food you're growing is alive and it's giving you life when you exactly. consume it. And so that's, uh, that's powerful. Um, and uh, much more meaningful. And I think we lose that in the city because we're, you know, er everything is a convenience and we, we lose much of the nutrition uh, mm -hmm. when we live in the city because um, of the time lapse, the uh, preservatives, uh, the, the, fake, the fake food that's out there, which is comforting to eat because of, uh, what did you call it? Um, the artificial flavors that are used. Mm -hmm. So it's really, it's really something. And, um, you know, when I reflect on it, I say, man, I'm glad that at least I know, of course, just hearing it from your own words, it's understandable. It, it will be a difficult road to get there, but when we right. do, and we do overcome it, it's going to be uh, quite amazing to just have that freedom, the space, the exploration, um, the, uh, the, you call, you call it the aquaponics, like there's all these methods you can use to, uh, uh, to explore growing food and various things. And it's uh, uh, whatever the medium, it's part of the experience of trying to do something that um, has been lost over time because of convenience. We've, you know, we've lost it because it's easier to go to a grocery store. Uh, but how important is it to actually know the, the knowledge of how food grows and what it takes and the uh, the effort that it that uh, goes into it um, it's tremendous but very rewarding too so it's very uh, yeah one last word it, uh, it is very um, it's very easy to give into convenience uh, it's designed that way it's designed to play on all of our uh, our willpower, our capacity, you know, our, it just makes sense to do things that are convenient. Right. But, um, ultimately there will be a time in this world where it is convenient to have, um, no smartphone anymore. And, and all that information is somehow just implanted or, or AR or something like that wearables. Um, but I like being able to turn my phone off. It's not easy to do that. I like being able to scroll and, you know, what, use my phone for whatever, but I like having the ability to disconnect and, um, it's a challenge to disconnect, but that's a challenge that we should face. You know, we should try, we should try to disconnect a little bit more so that we can reconnect with who, what we actually are and what matters. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's, um, we've misplaced those priorities and out of, you know, exactly the things you said, it's so convenient and, yeah. uh, much of everything designed in the world is designed exactly this way. I've said them in my podcast. So um, people can understand that like everything around us is engineered to be addictive. Yeah. And the people that make these things understand our biology 
much better than we do oftentimes. Um, 100%. And it's, uh, and that's scary sometimes to, to realize that uh, some of the smartest people in the room who designed the apps, the, uh, the foods, I mean, virtually everything, they're playing on our biology because mm -hmm. they know how we work, how our minds work, how the chemicals work, everything. Well, we're being taken advantage because they have information <laughs> and we need to also, I mean, that's why education is key, right? We need to inform ourselves about what other people are doing, but also about what we can do. Not, it's not about tackling problems that we have no control over or no ability to handle. It's about understanding the difference between what we control and what we don't and dealing with what we do control. And we control quite a lot of what we do. Every, every you know, we control what we actually do in this world. And that's amazing. So um, let's take our, our personal control back so that we can change the world. And most certainly influence, uh, influence a lot too, right? Yeah. I think that's, uh, you're absolutely right, is that uh, these personal controls that we have can influence uh, changes in a macro scale. You Definitely. know, you stop eating McDonald's, as a company, they reflect and say, why are people not eating our food anymore? And they do market research and realize, oh, we need to change these practices. And exactly. maybe maybe we can win them back. And so the same goes for virtually any anything else around the world that uh, uh, that we give that much control to. So every, every dollar that we spend is a vote in the direction that we want the world to go in, whether we know it or not. Yeah, that's a good way of putting it. You're a wise man, Forrest. I'm, I'm <laughs> Thanks, Mike. You so too. Very, I'm so very happy to, to have met you and to have known you. I'm just really grateful that you came on and shared a lot of your wisdom. And, you know, I, uh, I hope all of you who have watched today learned something from this podcast. And, uh, you know, if you have questions, drop them down below. Reach out to Forrest. Um, you know, he does this full time. So I'm sure you're available to to respond in some manner so totally yeah definitely um, thanks a lot mike for having me on the podcast i really dude, appreciate the opportunity dude, it's my pleasure man it's absolutely my pleasure so i'll catch you guys on the next one and um have a wonderful day everybody